Amen. If you have your Bibles, find your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 as we continue to worship the Lord and hear His Word. We want to begin. I'm Pastor Mike. It's an honor to have you and those of you listening to us online. May the Lord bless you. We always miss you and pray for you. Many of you I know are sick and unable to be here. We're praying for you and we pray God's best for you these days in your troubles and struggles. And please let us know if we can do anything. And all of you who are here as Brother Tim mentioned earlier, call us, contact us, find one of us here at the building and let us know what we can do for you. Uh, yesterday was a very good day in the life of our church and uh, uh, we, um, we were working with the Health Center. Renee, I hope we did a good job. Renee Bame is the director of the Health Center, part of our church. We thank God for her. Let's just say thank you to Renee for all she does in this community for the Health Center. <clears throat> A lot going on there, and we thank God for you. We thank the Lord for all that He does through you, Renee, and through all of your people there. Wonderful. It was a blessing. Well, well over 200 and some odd. We were able to share food with yesterday. Many of you were here, and you were volunteers, and you, you shared and ministered yesterday. May the Lord bless you on a cold day. Right after we were in Florida weather, we went to Antarctica, didn't we? We went right back to the other place. Well, now we continue our conversation today about being dead to the world. This is very important. It's very important to old Pastor Mike. I want it to be for our church. I'm speaking to our church about this because of the importance it is for us to understand how to live as holy people in an unholy world. <clears throat> what did Paul the Apostle say? Galatians chapter 6. This is where we started many weeks ago. Paul said, I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. That's the, that's the testimony of every believer in this room today. You may not know it, but when you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you were crucified to the world and the world was crucified to you. So therefore, how do we live? Paul goes on to say, uh, I'm crucified to the world, the world's crucified to me. Nevertheless, I'm a new creation. I live to God. So those of you who are here, you're still alive, and now you're born again and you're living for the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? Well, that's what we're talking about these days. If you've not been able to keep up and, and go with us, I cannot review everything that we've talked about. I really encourage you, make sure that you look back. You can go to the website. Our notes are there, all the information. I really want you as a church, I want you as God's people here at First Baptist to be informed about this matter. Boys and girls, young people, when you start out living for the Lord Jesus in this world, you must learn how to live for the Lord Jesus in the world, but not be like the world. Uh, young adults who are here, you must live for the Lord in the world, but not be like the world. And all of you who are middle-aged and older adults, it never ends. It never ends. We must deal with the balance, this balance of being in the world and not being like the world. So I have a number of things to say to you. They're a burden on my heart. They're a burden on my heart for myself that I might live for the Lord and not be like the world. <clears throat> the same is true for all of you. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, keep your Bible open. We're going to go pretty much line by line through these words. Boys and girls, I'm glad you bring your Bibles. It'll be good for you. Just take them out, read along, follow along with me as we talk about these things. And may the Lord bless you for being here today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he'll hear the word of the Lord. Beginning in verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. 
For what partnership have righteous what what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, that is, Satan? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Oh, how we're blessed by the songs we have sung and what the choir testified to us about grace upon grace. You have saved us by your grace. We are only your people by your grace and your mercy. You have made us new creatures in Christ. Here we are in the world. You saved us from the, from the sinfulness of our lives. And now you call us out of the world to go back into the world as your holy people to share the gospel. May we truly understand your word today. O Holy Spirit of God, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focus today is on, again, verse number 17. Verse number 17 will be our primary place around which I'll make my comments. Therefore, come out, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you. Therefore, God says, come out from their midst. Come out from their midst and be separate. Be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you. Our focal truth is this, that believers are dead to the world by separating from the world. Believers demonstrate or we show that we are dead to the world by separating from the world. There's a lot here for us to talk about. <clears throat> there was a time in church life where <clears throat> this truth was more commonly heard. I certainly don't want to be one of those that neglects all the counsel of God and the truths of God. So we will speak to this as we talk about the danger of worldliness, which is a danger for every person who hears my voice today, including the one speaking. This is not a matter just for some who are immature and don't know about what it means to walk with Christ. Oh no, the very maturest of us. Those of us who seem to know the most about God sometimes are the ones who find ourselves defiled again in worldliness. Worldly thinking, worldly practices, worldly values. So it is important for us to understand that when you were called 
to be saved. That's right. Whenever, wherever you were, whatever, however old you were, when you came to know Jesus Christ, you heard someone preaching, you read the Bible yourself, you, you received a gospel track, or you were in a revival meeting, or you were somewhere, you heard it on the radio, <clears throat> you heard someone declare to you the gospel, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, was buried, he was raised the third day. You heard the gospel. And whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you heard that and you were, you heard the call of God. It's as if you woke up from sleep. And when you woke up from sleep, you said, I must follow Jesus. I must turn from my sins. I must stop living like I'm living in the world. And you started following Jesus. The call of God, the call of gospel... All of that that's in the call of God is also a call to come out of the world. And this becomes a very important matter, as I've said, for all of us. If we're going to live and glorify God and share the gospel, we must first come out in order to go back into the world in the right way. Because we enter, we come out of the world in unholiness and we're saved and cleansed of our sins. Praise God. As I mentioned last week, your mind is washed clean by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. A renewed mind means that you leave off those things that you keep lingering on in your mind. Have some of you not recognized the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse your guilty conscience from your past? When you're saved, he washes your mind clean. That's renewal of the mind. That's what we need every day in this world. So I have four observations. They go right through the text, and I want you to keep your Bible open. I want to comment on these. We'll make a few thoughts at the end, and then we'll be on our way. Number one, what do we learn from these words in 2 Corinthians 6? <clears throat> these are Paul's words to the church at Corinth. Now they're Paul's words, God's words, to us at First Baptist Church. Well, first of all, believers separate from unbelievers because I'm giving the reasons, first of all, why we separate. It sounds like a harsh thing. Well, wouldn't we, wait a minute, wouldn't we just be everybody's friend? Shouldn't we be the friends of sinners? And the Lord Jesus was friend to sinners, yes, but he had a very special way of dealing with those who were not believers, who were not disciples, and we must learn that way. This is the way of the Lord Jesus. Believers separate from unbelievers, number one, because they are different. Believers are not the same as unbelievers. Unbelievers are not the same as believers. Number two, believers separate from unbelievers because God lives in the believer. We are, as I've repeatedly said recently, we are possessed by God. Those of us who are born again in this room, you've been born from above. The Holy Spirit of God has come to dwell in you and you are now possessed he possesses you. You are spirit-possessed. Third, we talk about believers are separate from unbelievers, and we set boundaries. So how do we do it? Will be the third thing we'll talk about for a moment from these words. We set boundaries in our practice of separation in the world. And then finally, we come back to this. So how do we maintain our, our standing of holiness in a world of unholiness? Well, we continually... We continually cleanse ourselves from sinfulness 
in the fear of God and grow in holiness. Well, let's get to it. Paul says to us, let's begin in verse 14 and verse number 15 and 16. Paul here says to us, first of all, he says to the church at Corinth, as I say to this church, each believer in this room, each one hearing my voice today or listening to us online, do not be bound together with unbelievers. Some of you have the old King James. Do not be unequally yoked to unbelievers. This this word is an interesting word. It is the word bound together or connected to a different kind. Did you hear me? We're not to be connected to a different kind. We are of one kind as believers. And the world, those who are lost without Jesus Christ, are a different kind. Paul gives five questions here. Look at the five questions. They're, they're given in order to help us understand this. First he says... Don't be unequally yoked or don't be, don't be bound together with a different kind. It's interesting before I get to the questions, Deuteronomy 22, 10 has an interesting, an interesting phrase. You shall not plow with an ox and donkey together. This is one of those various laws given to Israel. Those of you who are in the farming business, you know, well, you know, you certainly want to have yoked together two animals that can do the work they need to do. An ox and a donkey won't get the work done the way you need them done. They're yoked. If you yoke two animals together of a different kind, you're not going to be happy with the results. If we're yoked together with unbelievers, if we're connected to them, connected to this one who's of a different kind, and we have this linkage together and we're connected together, it does not work out well for the believer. We learn this from the truth of God's word and the example of Israel over and over. As the Lord repeatedly said, from Moses all the way through the prophets, O Israel, do not be like the nations. Do not be like the nations among whom you're going in. Be my people and be holy as the Lord is holy. Paul asks these five questions quickly. What partnership has, uh, have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? Verse 15. What harmony has Christ with the devil? What has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? You see, believers are righteous. Those who are without Christ are still lawless. They're still living according to their own standards. They set their own law. There's no way to have a partnership with those who are Lawless, when we live by the law of God and submit to His truth, believers are light, the, the unbelievers in the darkness. We are children of light, they are sons of the darkness. Believers are in Christ. Unbelievers are controlled by Satan. They live under his domain and domination in a world system where their eyes and minds are blinded from the truth and the preaching of the gospel. Believers are believers. We believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And unbelievers are those who do not believe. They live in unbelief. They do not receive Jesus Christ. What is there in common with those? Those are two different things. Just like light and dark. Just like faith and unbelief. And just like the temple of God versus the idolatry of those who are on the outside. You see, every person is filled with is filled on the inside with a certain kind of spirit. They are filled either with the Holy Spirit of God or they are filled in selfishness and self, 
a self-leading life. You see, believers, my dear friends, have a different ruler than those in the world. We bow to only the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, believers in this world, and I'm talking about in this world, all of our allegiance completely comes to our Lord Jesus Christ. We bow to Him and we say, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We say it at work. We say it at home. We say it when people are against us. We say it when they're for us. We declare that we are followers of Jesus Christ. We have a different ruler. We have a different ruler. We have a different way of life. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He called us out. And we follow Him. We read the Word of God so that we would know. We have, we have a different purpose in life. We now live because we are born again by the grace of God as we heard so wonderfully today so that we might glorify God in our bodies and share the gospel with every person we can before the end of our life. The world doesn't have that purpose. The world's purpose is just to live in self-satisfaction, pleasure, and to be trapped in their own loves and desires without any way out. Their purpose is self-serving. And we have a different home. How better could we have heard it today? Brother Steve is leading us. We're singing coming home because we are headed, praise God, for the glory of heaven, our heavenly home, where the Lord Jesus has gone before us, who is there now as our great glorious high priest, and we're not interested anymore about this place like we used to be. It just doesn't have the same effect. Believers, believers separate from unbelievers because we're different. We just don't feel the same about it that we used to feel when we were in our sins. Peter said it this way. I'll just read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The, the time has already passed for you to carry out the desires of the lost or of the Gentiles. Now listen, we used to do this, having, having pursued in your past, this is us, before we were saved. This is you, this is me. This is what we used to be like when we were unbelievers, having pursued sensuality and lust and drunkenness and carousing and drinking parties and abominable idolatries. Paul doesn't even want to. Speak of them, they're so shameful. In all of this, they, that is unbelievers, are now surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses. And they malign you. That's right. When I step back and say, no, I'm sorry, I don't participate in that. No, I don't do that. No, I don't practice that. No, I don't think that. No, I don't run with that crowd anymore. Then those who are in the world say, well, we don't like you. Because you are different from us. Believers separate from unbelievers because we cannot in any way partner or fellowship or have harmony or have anything in common or agreement with an unbeliever. I say to those of you who are students here today, one day, and you're already serious about this, boys and girls, this happens, so you'll be thinking about one day, so who will be, who will be my husband or my wife? Who will be my husband or my wife? You see, the most intimate relationship that you have on this earth is that that you have with your husband or wife. The saddest thing I now listen to, listen now to Pastor Mike. <clears throat> One of the saddest observations of all of my years in ministry is to see how many believers 
don't really believe the Word of God. And they go ahead and they join themselves in marriage to an unbeliever when they're a believer. Oh, the sadness. Oh, the pain. Because you see, a believer and an unbeliever have nothing in common. One prays, the other could care less. One wants to go and be with God's people. The other says, i got to go fishing. The other one says, I don't care about reading my Bible. Why are you wasting all your time with that? I have other things to do. I have goals to set in my life. In our businesses, oh, the sad thing of some who have said, well, I'll partner with this unbeliever. But you see, you cannot have a partnership. You cannot connect in an intimate way and have friendship with unbelievers because sadly, they will draw you down and affect you and drag you back to an old way of life. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with wise men, who, he who walks with wise men will be wise. But he who is the companion to a fool will be destroyed. This is a danger that all of us in this room face. And we must ask ourselves, what kind of relationships do we have with unbelievers? We separate from unbelievers because they're different. Number two, believers separate from unbelievers because God lives in them. Verse number 16. For we are, we is the, is the word for these believers in Christ. I'm using the word we for all of us in this room who are believers. We are the temple of the living God. We are being bow, built as a house and a temple of the glory of God. But you are also individually the temple of God. Paul says in another place. 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know? I'm asking you believers today. Do you not know? Do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. So when you look in the mirror, when you, when you think thoughts, when you have desires, when your emotions come, remember this, you are now spirit-possessed. Do you know how to... Do you know how to sense and understand the direction and work, the direction of the Holy Spirit inside of your mind, just like you know how to follow those fleshly desires and impulses of your life? Oh, it's easy. We're trained. We know how to follow the flesh. We know how to, we know how to yield and give in to the desires of the flesh. Do you know how to follow the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what it means to recognize when the Holy Spirit is leading you, when He's convicting you, when He's guiding you, when He's directing you? Do you understand? You see, the temple of God, the temple of God stood in Jerusalem in the worldly city of Jerusalem. It's still a worldly city. It's the place of God, but it, here's the temple in a worldly land of Jerusalem. The glory of God dwelt, dwelt in the temple. The presence of God dwelt in the temple. The power of God came from the presence of the temple. The holiness of God was there in the temple. The temple was a holy place separated from sinfulness. You could only enter and those priests could only enter as they went through their washings and their baptisms and cleaned themselves up before they entered into the holy presence of God. And the temple <clears throat> was the meeting place between God and man. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we are God's people. Look at this. I will dwell in them, verse number 16. This is a promise from God. This is for believers in this room. I will walk among them. He is in us, he is in us and He is with us. I will be their God and they will be my people. 
this wonderful truth that you and I, you see the glory of God, the presence of God, the power of God, and the holiness of God dwells on you. you your body is never again to be given to unholy things. You see, you now belong to God. So when you think about your body, you must remember, my body belongs to God. Therefore, take care of your body and glorify God in your body. Your mind belongs to God. Your desires belong to God. He is the one who now possesses you and controls you. And one of those great matters that Paul talks about in detail in various places is learning how to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. As many, listen, as many as are led by the Spirit, these, are you listening? These are the children of God. God's children, God's people are led by the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you today, are you? What is it that drives you, directs you, and guides you? Well, you see, as we live in the world, the danger is that we let the world guide us. We let the world give us direction. So we learn today, first of all, that believers are se are separate themselves from unbelievers because we're different. There, there's as much as we believers desire. Well, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to be a witness to these unbelievers. I so want them to know uh, Christ. I'm just going to, I'm going to look like them. I'm going to try to talk like them. I'm going to keep doing the things they do, and then they'll come to know Jesus. No, you'll you'll become worldly again. That's what'll happen. Never goes the other way. It's never God's desire for it to go the other way. And so believers must recognize that you are a holy person in an unholy world. And that you must protect yourself, which leads me to the third thing. Notice, therefore, as a result of this promise, I will be in them, walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Verse 17, therefore, here it is. Here it is. He says, come out from the midst and be separate, says the Lord. Now, it's an interesting word here, separate. The word separate means <clears throat> to mark off boundaries. If I separate myself from uh, this pulpit and stand back here, I've separated myself and I've set a boundary. A boundary. You must set boundaries as you live in the world. There are certain things that I cannot do as a follower of Jesus Christ that I used to do when I was lost in my sin. The same is true for every one of you today. You, you students who are here, as you listen to all the things you listen to, as you listen and take your devices and you pay attention to everything on the internet and you listen to what your friends have to say, be careful. Be careful what crowd you run with. Be careful what crowd you listen to. Be careful of whose advice you take. Because we are called out of the world, first of all. Come out from among them. Don't live like you used to live. Put down your sexual immorality. Put down your godlessness. Come out, mark off boundaries. So as a believer, I mark off boundaries on what I can and can't do among unbelievers. Here's the point. It's a simple little thing, but somebody says, well, I'm a Christian. And then they go to work and cuss just like a sailor like the rest of them. You're a Christian, but you cuss. You're a Christian, but you cuss. Well, you know, every once in a while, I just, I cuss. You cuss. You let unholy things come out of your mouth. You, so you go out in the world and you're, you're, you're sitting at home with your friends or your family and you decide to 
run somebody's character down and gossip and berate someone else's life. You talk bad. You talk badly about another person. That's right. You talk badly about another person. Now, you don't do it. You don't stand up publicly and say it. You don't make an announcement. and Hopefully, you don't put it on Facebook. But you say things about other people. You speak badly of other people. God hears all that we say. The reality is that's what the world does. The world talks about badly about everyone. The world curses. The world slanders. The world is filled with gossip and hateful speech and does hateful things to other people. And there's brutality and there's... So what can it be? You mean believer? You, you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you fight and you want desire power and you have lustful thoughts and you live in sexual immorality and perversion and you're attracted to it and you look at it on the internet and you go around people who do it and you run with people who drink again, you take drugs, you find yourself caught up in trying to look like the world and have the best of everything? Oh, my friends. You see, the believer must set boundaries. Because you have the finest truck on the parking lot doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus. Because you have the finest house in Dixon doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus. You see, as we find ourselves living for the Lord, it's a matter of how we live, how we speak, what we think and what we do and what we don't do. And without apology, we stand and say to ourselves and to our God, I am your follower. I love you, Lord Jesus. I will not defile myself again so that I am not effective as a witness for Christ. And many of us in this room have have let the boundaries go down. Maybe I say it for some of our cow farmers here. Why every cow farmer I listen to, they're worried about one big thing. Are the fences, are the fences good? Because those little rascals like to get out of the fence. You can fix the fence, but they can find that place and... Lo and behold, that big old cow gets out of that fence. I'm asking some of you today, have you let your fences fall down? Have you let your fences fall down? Have you let your boundaries drop? Have you, have you been persuaded because of your romance with the world again? It hasn't been working out this matter of following Jesus, has it? It's been a little hard. You've had some hard times, haven't you? You thought when you got saved, oh, it was going to be just a wonderful cakewalk. Everything was going to be glorious. You'd never have a problem again. It seems like you got saved and you have more problems now than you've ever had. You look at your lost friends, why they seem to be doing good. And you seem to be crumbling over here with all of your troubles. And the more you think about it, well, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just go be with them a little bit. But I'm going to be a witness to them. I'm going to be with them, but I'm going to be a witness. Maybe I'll just, well, if I, if I drink a little bit with them, then perhaps they'll feel comfortable to talk about Jesus. Or, or I'll, I'll, uh, I'll engage in this sexual sin and, and, and perhaps this will help me be closer to them. Oh, my friends, are your fences down? Have you allowed your boundaries? You once walked in holiness with God. You once paid careful attention to what you allowed your eyes to see and what you allowed your ears to hear and you guarded what came out of your mouth. 
but not anymore. The world cusses everybody, so why can't you? This is what happens when we lose our boundaries. Did you know that Psalm 1 gives us a great blessing, but it is the psalm of separation? Did you know that? Psalm 1 is the psalm of separation. I'll just read you the first verse. You don't have to turn there. Most of you in this room know Psalm 1. Psalm 1 simply says, How blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, who does not stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You know, there's a pattern there. There's a pattern there. Once you start listening to the world's counsel, then soon you stand around with them. That might, be, that might mean that you go on the internet to where they are. You stand or you, see, you're, you gather with sinners, you get in their path, and then lo and behold, you sit with scoffers. Mark my word, if you begin to listen to the counsel of the wicked, you will soon be a scoffer like the world. Finally, we see today this, that believers cleanse themselves. So what do I do? If the fences are down, if I've gone back to the world and I've, I've defiled myself, you see, if you're, cuss, if you're cussing again, if there's impurity coming out of your mouth, you have, you've defiled yourself. If you're living in open sexual sin, you've defiled yourself again. You see, sexual sin is the sin we do with our body. You're not glorifying God with your body when you commit sexual immorality, adultery, or other kinds of perversion and sexual sin that is not tied to a man and a woman for life in marriage. I could say, when you covet, you've defiled yourself again. When you lie, you, you're defiling yourself again. Therefore, having these promises, these promises are come out from among them and I will welcome you. You see, God always welcomes us as we come out of the world because we are his children. I will be a father to you, verse 18, and you shall be uh, sons and daughters to me. So therefore, he says in verse 1, I'll be brief here. Therefore, cleanse yourself. Some of us need today a cleansing of repentance and confession of our sin. Some of us today in this room need a cleansing of turning back from the world. We've gone back to the world. We've gone back to those things for which Jesus Christ saved us. You're, you're associating intimately with those who are unbelievers and it's affecting you. Oh, not me, Pastor Mike. It'll affect you. It'll affect you. That leads me to uh, just a couple of things that I want you to remember and some things we need to do. First one is this very thing. Close relationships with unbelievers draw believers into sinful living. It's always been this pattern. As much as Israel had the standards, the law of God, they had the tabernacle and then the temple of God. They had all the glorious presence of God. They could not overcome the power and the demand for conformity and the appeal of the flesh that came from the nations of the world. And mark my word, today it's more severe than it ever was even in the day of Israel. Now you can see it. Some of our dear people, some of you in this very room, you are confused between a digital reality and the real reality of life. You are confused. You go quickly to your digital world. You go quickly to your phone. You go quickly to your computer. You go quickly to your television. You would rather have that world than the real world. Oh, my friends, listen. 
1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. Let me just say the first part. Bad company corrupts. Bad company corrupts. You run with a bad crowd. You run with the sinners and the wicked and the godless. You'll be corrupted. You'll be corrupted. This is important for us to know. Before we can ever talk about, so how do we share the gospel, we must first understand our duty, our spiritual duty, and, our, and the practice of holiness and the fear of God of cleansing ourselves. So when I am defiled, what do I do? I cleanse myself by repentance and sin. By the way, when I have defilement in my spirit, I can't worship God. When I have defilement in spirit, I don't have any interest in reading God's Word. When I have defilement in spirit, I, don't, I, don't, I battle with the truths of God's Word. In fact, I rebel against them. You see, because it's in our spirit that we worship God. We hear from God. The Holy Spirit bears witness, listen, with our spirit. This is where Holy Spirit possession happens at the point of human spirit born again, regenerated in the Holy Spirit of God. This is of such vital importance. And when I defile myself, I defile, I defile my relationship and grieve and quench the Holy Spirit of God. So I must cleanse myself. And oh, what about my flesh? I must cleanse my flesh when I have... Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands... And a pure heart who ascends, who stands in the presence of God, who has fellowship with God as spirit-possessed people, those whose hands are clean, their mouths are clean, our minds are clean, and we are walking with God. And we do it in the fear of God. Believers are called out to come out of the world. Believers are called out by God to come out this is what Peter was saying. You're a chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation. You're God's own possession, church, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. I'm called out of the dark in order to go back into the darkness to declare the light. But I must go back in as a light bearer. I must go back in not of the dark, but in the light. As believers... What about your boundaries? What about your boundaries? You know, it is interesting how we become like those with whom we associate. Did you know that? Boys and girls and students, uh, you, you're going to become like who you run with. You're going to talk like them. You're going to like to look like them. If you see them, if you watch it on the internet, you want to be just like them. You, you think that's real. You see, you're being fooled. You, you, you want to be, I want to have, I want my hair to be that certain way. I want my, what, you look around at these Christians, they seem so dull and boring. Well, doesn't any of them know how to be? What about fashion? What about all these things that matter? What really matters is what's on the inside in your heart. It's not how pretty you look on the outside. It's the beauty of your inner person in walk with God and in holiness. You see, you must go back today as you leave this place. This is very important for your spiritual life. I'm lingering here because you must hear me. If, if your fences are down, if you, have, if you have corrupted yourself by allowing the world back into your mind and into your relationships, you must repent. You must take your spiritual bath 
and clean yourself up so that you are of usefulness to God. So Paul says, therefore, come out from their midst and be separate. I say to this church, I say it to myself. I hear these words for my own life and I hear them for yours as we stand as a church for the Lord Jesus Christ in this community. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't get around it. Avoid it to the glory of God and to the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remind this church again today, the Lord is near to the door. The Lord is near to the door. And I pray, come Lord Jesus.